Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. Hey, everybody, what's going on? Jeff Rieger, another episode of The Daily Ticket. This one for Thursday, October 12th, 2023. Happy hockey season, everybody. Officially, it's hockey season. Wings play tonight in New Jersey. And I thought to myself, who do we want to talk to when the Red Wings play to open up the season, a season that they could make the postseason for for the first time in quite some time? I know. Bring in one of my favorite people in the world. One of the greatest announcers I've ever had the pleasure of listening to. They call him the people's announcer. He's been in Detroit forever. Of course, he's Mr. Ken Kale. Kenny, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jeff. I thought we were going to talk about the Lions today. We can talk about the Lions. Do you know? <laughs> do you know that? And you got to admit this. This Lions team has got to be the best through five games that you've watched over the course of your life. They look good, don't they? Yeah, they actually look like a good football team out there, and you expect them to win each and every Sunday that they're out there on the field. But, yeah, great for uh, Campbell and company, and the Lions just got to keep on rolling. They're off to a really good start. I'm telling you, they could get the one or two seed in the NFC. I say people should set their sights high. This is not the same old Lions. Why not? I, I did. You, you'll get a kick out of this, and then we'll get into some hockey. But do you know that of all the good teams in the NFC, like the Niners are really good, the Eagles are undefeated as well, then you're looking at the Cowboys are 3-2, and two, the Lions are in that mix. The Lions have the easiest schedule of all those teams for the next 12 weeks. So it's never too early to look ahead. Well, I'll tell you what, you have to play them on the field, right? I mean, on paper it looks good, but you know this is professional sports, and we've seen that even with the Red Wings, right? The, sometimes they go in and play teams that – you look like they're overmatched and the Red Wings come out and win the hockey game. We've seen it a couple times last year when Boston had all those points. So you just got to play them. And hopefully, as Dan Campbell says, you just got to keep stacking them. And uh, at the end of the year, maybe they can have a home playoff uh, berth and go far in the playoffs. Speaking of the Red Wings, season starts tonight. You're in New Jersey and the Wings are going to take on the Devils. I mean, how good is it to be back? And this is the deepest squad, without a doubt of Steve Eiserman's regime. I mean, it's not even close. Well, I think Steve Eiserman addressed a lot of issues in the offseason, Jeff, and there were a lot of areas that the Red Wings needed to improve upon. The goaltending position, uh, the defense, the forwards, they needed a score. They went out and got Alex to bring it. Uh, they needed a backup goaltender. They went out and got uh, James Reimer and also Alex Lyon, who I think all three goaltenders really played well in the preseason games. 
And that should bolster the goaltending core. And also on the blue line, you look at guys like Shane Gostaspear that uh, the Red Wings brought in, offensive-minded defenseman. He'll be generating offense from the blue line. That's something that the Red Wings needed, especially on the power play, too. I think he'll help on the power play. Jeff Petrie was a, a late addition. Yeah, you know, He's a veteran presence back there on the blue line. Although he's getting up in age, he still can help out, I think. And more importantly, I think going into this season, what I'm really excited about is that the team is 100% healthy. There's no injuries that I know of. And when you think back over the last couple of years, it seemed like the Red Wings always started the season with three or four or five guys that – were hurt or were playing injured right from the get-go, and that just doesn't bode well. So they're healthy, they're ready to go, and it'll be interesting to see what they do starting tonight against the New Jersey Devils. Hey, Kenny, talk to me about that top line. Who do you expect to be in that top line? Larkin will center it, no question about it. The brink, it's going to be on one wing. Is it going to be Lucas Raymond? Is it going to be David Perron? Is it going to be Michael Rasmussen? Who do you think is going to be on that top line? Well, I don't know. We'll see tonight, right? But uh, I have a feeling that it's either going to be Piranha Raymond over on the right side. And you know, it really doesn't matter. What you want to do is you want to go out there and put your top line out. And if it's not working, then you have to mix and match, right? That's what good coaches do. And whoever's playing well gets the minutes out there. But, uh, you know, to bring it to me, everyone talks about his goal scoring prowess. And he scored 40 goals a couple of times with the Blackhawks in his NHL career. But I see him more on this team as a setup, man. And uh, I, I, I look at him to, to score some goals, but really I think his value is going to be as a setup man, a table setter. And maybe it's Dylan Larkin who comes away with uh, a 40-goal season maybe this season. And uh, they seem to work well together in the preseason. They had a couple of nice power play goals. And, uh, you know, another guy that needs to get going, I think, and, and have a good year is Lucas Raymond. If he plays on that line, maybe he can generate some offense as well. What about a couple of guys that did not make the team? In your estimation, you saw the preseason games. How close was Nate Danielson? And he's 19 years old. I mean, it's truly remarkable. Turned 19 just a couple of weeks ago. And I'm looking at his stats right now. In six games, two goals, four points. Do you think he was close? Yeah, I think he was close, but I just think he's too young, you know. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the problem is, is if you if you if he sticks with the team, what happens? He's only 19 years old. What happens if he starts off good and then all of a sudden just goes downhill, loses his confidence? You know, it, it's difficult for a young player. And to me, he's going to be a terrific player. I, I really liked what I've seen from him against NHL talent. And a lot of times when he played on the road, he was going against some of the, the best in the National Hockey League and, you know, held his own out there. What I really like about him is his overall defensive game. Um, you know, a lot of young players that come in the league, they're they're really good scorers, and that's what what, the, what their bread and butter was, Jeff, in junior hockey, wherever they played. And then they come in the National Hockey League, and, you know, you can't put them out there because you can't trust them defensively. Right. But he, to me, was really good. His 200-foot game was good. Uh, and, and that's only going to help him out. And I think down the road, Nate Danielson is going to be a really good pro. People are talking about Jonathan Berger and Simon Edvinson. They too don't make the squad. Did that surprise you? I mean, it's only a matter of time. I feel before they eventually will be up with the big club. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't. And I just think if, if you look at what the Red Wings have done in the off season and plug in holes, it, it made it hard for guys like Bergren and Edvinson to make this team. There's always injuries. There's always going to be players who are going to be on the shelf for whatever reason. As I mentioned in the beginning, this team's hundred percent healthy. So that, you know, you look at Jonathan Bergren and he just doesn't fit right now. What spot is he going to take on this team right. and who's he going to house? So it, it, it's better for him 
even though he played most of the season last year in Detroit, we know what he can do. And if there is an injury, you can plug him back in and you're not going to lose uh, anything. And and the thing I like about it is finally the Red Wings have some depth. And it's not like you're calling up minor leaguers that have no NHL experience and and uh, you're just they're just playing, you know, two, four minutes a game. Uh, you know, Bergeron can come in and play 15, 16 minutes. And he's not going to hurt you. So all the experience that he's going to get again in Grand Rapids and Edmondson, the same thing, playing in all different situations, power play, penalty kill, only going to help his development. I put you on the spot right now, Ken. You have to answer this question. Are the Red Wings a playoff team in your estimation? I know Ottawa and Buffalo are thinking they're playoff teams. I know maybe you look at Boston, maybe fell down. They lost a couple players. Maybe people think that Florida won't be as good as their miracle run to the cup finals last year. Are the Red Wings a playoff team? Do they figure into one of those eight spots in the East? Well, I think they're going to be in the mix. And uh, that's not answering your question. I know that. But, uh, <laughs> there, there are so many good teams in the Eastern Conference. And really, when you think about it, if you don't finish in the top three in your division, you're fighting amongst eight or nine other teams for two wildcard spots. That's it. So uh, I, I think the Red Wings are improved, at least so on paper. They have to go out there and they've got to prove it. But I just think they're they're going to be an overall better team. I think offensively, they'll score more goals. Defensively, they'll keep the puck out of the net a little better than last year. And really, they only missed the playoffs by six, six wins yeah. last year, 12 points. So when you look at an entire season, if you play the same way that you played last year and just add one more win a month, you're right there in the end. And last year, maybe the Red Wings overachieved a little bit. But, you know, towards – February around there, they're right in the mix of it. And they were one or one or two points out of a final playoff spot, if not even tied with, I believe, the Islanders at one point. And then they went to Ottawa and it all went downhill from there. But I just think that they're a better team this year. I think that uh, they'll be scoring some more goals, better defensively, and we'll see what happens. But I think they should be in the mix and play some meaningful games in March and April. I timed it, by the way. They were in a wild card spot for 18 hours. Oh, really? 18 hours. Then they lost 3 nothing to Tampa Bay and then those back-to-back -back games against Ottawa. And it was kind of all downhill from there. Michael Rasmussen got injured and they kind of weren't the same team. But well, wasn't I, it amazing, I, Jeff? Wasn't it amazing, though, that 3 nothing loss to Tampa Bay was probably their, well. best, their best game of the season? Yeah. And then wouldn't you know it, you go to Ottawa and then that was their two worst games of the season. So if they beat Tampa Bay in that game, who knows what would happen? You know, it's funny because uh, this year, if you're looking for teams that might not make the postseason, look at Tampa Bay. Vasilevsky's on the shelf for the first two months of the season. So you never want to see anybody injured, but that could be a major problem for John Cooper's team. Especially early in the season when the Red Wings have them in the home opener, and that's coming up on Saturday. So, you know, maybe the Red Wings could take advantage of that. But the goaltender that they have right now, I think his name is uh, Johansson. He was lights out in the preseason. I mean, the guy played two playoff games, faced 67 shots, and didn't allow a goal. So, that goalkeeping just keeps on going forward for John Cooper's club. But they're still a dangerous team, Tampa Bay. A lot of people say maybe the window's closing on them. But when you have guys like Braden Point still and, and Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman, they're a solid group. Yeah. So the Red Wings need some They need some luck. They need to play better this year. But on the other hand, they need some luck from other teams where some of the teams that finished maybe above the Red Wings in the standings need to drop a little bit so the Red Wings can catch them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Couple more minutes with the great Ken Kale. Ken Kale, the people's announcer. All right, Kenny, I got to ask you a couple questions about your job, not maybe about hockey, but everybody knows you for, and I can't do it. I know Pat Caputo loves to imitate. He shoots, he scores. I've never asked you this. When did that iconic goal call come up? When did you somehow decide, or maybe you did, maybe it was organic, that that this is going to be my goal call because all of Detroit loves it? Well, I think growing up as a kid, I used to play hockey in the driveway with the tennis ball and roller skates. And I used to listen to Bud Lynch, especially Bruce Martin. He was my favorite announcer. So obviously Bruce had the similar kind of call. And, you know, back in the day, like kids today can listen to any announcer on the internet, you right. know, and back when I grew up, if you didn't pull it in off the radio or you couldn't watch it on television, you didn't know what the other announcer sounded like. So I basically listened to Bruce Martin my whole life. And I thought, well, that's how you call a goal. So in the driveway, when I would, you know, say how to Del Vecchio at Allman scores, you know, that's, that's how I would do it. And so I never really changed it. I started out at Michigan and just did it from there. And it just carried through my career. When you called and, and you've called three Stanley cup victories, four, how four, four, my bad, my bad. Uh, yeah. 2008, 2002, 97, 98. That's my bad. How often, if ever, do you go back and listen to those calls? And and when they won the cup, like going into those games, did you have a thought of like, all right, if the Wings win the cup tonight, this is what I'm going to say? Or is it just totally organic? Because, you know, in baseball, guys like have, okay, if this guy hits a magnificent home run and it's a milestone, I know what I'm going to say. Did you ever do any of that or does it just come to you? Well, let's go back to 2008 when uh, I called you and I said, hey, I lost my voice. I remember. And, and and if the Red Wings win the Stanley Cup, how the heck did I know what I was going to say, right? Because I didn't even know if I could do the game, which, you know, luckily Ken Daniels gave me the mic for the last 15 seconds and I had enough voice to get it out. And it I could have made that great save. It, yeah, it turned out to be a pretty iconic call that people always remember. But um, no, you know, I, I, I don't plan anything. I just go out and do it. And I think the simpler the call, the better. And when you think about it, these iconic calls, they, they make an announcer a little bit nervous because you have to make the right call. And if you don't, it's going to live with you the rest of your life. Right. So like, you know, think about it, like all the, all the Stanley cup final 10 seconds of, of the 97 or 98, you know, people, they go down in history, right. People are always going to listen to that. So the pressure that I have is like, just make sure it's a clean call and everything will be good. You know, it's funny because uh, I was always a Red Wing fan, grew up here in Michigan, Jeff, and I wanted the Red Wings to win the Stanley Cup. And they went through many years of not winning the Cup. And, and you know, I, I said, geez, I really want to be in this city when they win the Stanley Cup. Kind of like the Lions when they win a Super Bowl, right? It's and, coming, right. Yeah. Little did I know, though, that back in the day that I would be the guy that would be calling the next Stanley Cup championship, right? So it's just amazing. I mean, I've had a really good career here in Detroit. And uh, not many announcers in our business, as you know, grow up in the same town and get to call your hometown team. So I've been fortunate in a lot of areas. And you look at Dan Dickerson, he's the same way too. Grew up in Michigan, gets to call his hometown team. Red Wing fans, Detroit fans are terrific. And, uh, you know, you can't pull the wool over their eyes and you just got to go out there and do your best. And if you do, they appreciate you. The iconic Ken Cal, the legendary Ken Cal, because you are, you're iconic and legendary. <laughs> but but I, I need to know, so of all the great calls over the course of your illustrious career, do you have a favorite? Do you have one moment that you think back to and say, I love that call or I love that moment? There's so many great calls over the years. And, you know, I mean, I just think back to all the milestone goals that, you know, Iserman scored his 500th, his 600th, Brett Hall his 600th. 
Um, you know, the Stanley Cups, so many great plays that Datsuk made that I still can't figure out how I called the, <laughs> the way he moves and the way he, he fakes goaltenders and puts the puck in the net. I always said he was the Barry Sanders on ice skates. You know, he was terrific. But I don't know. I guess the one call that I really enjoyed, it really the game that I enjoyed was the game four when the Red Wings beat Philadelphia. They won the Stanley Cup for a variety of reasons. One, it was the first Stanley Cup in 42 years. Uh, secondly, I was a part of it. Thirdly, uh, we brought back Bruce Martin, who uh, was my idol growing up. And wouldn't you know it, he calls a cup-winning goal scored by McCarty on a tremendous play. Everything just worked out that night. And uh, I still remember that night like it was yesterday and fans crying because it's been so long and just the feeling of accomplishment after all those years of uh, getting close but not able to win the prize. So yeah, I guess that would be the highlight of my career right now as far as you know there's not one particular goal call but that whole night that game four night was terrific i got two more for ken cal number one who is the one guy player coach whoever that you've enjoyed dealing with the most like the one guy your go-to guy over the years whether he's retired whether he's still playing i'd probably have to say nick lidstrom yeah he he was terrific. Like you could approach him and, uh, you know, he was a big football fan too. And he really liked the Lions. Was he? A lot of our talks. Yeah. A lot of our talks on Sundays, like if we played on the road, uh, the Lions would play at one o'clock and let's say we're playing in Buffalo at seven on the bus ride over to the game. You know, we get off the bus and I talked to him a little bit about how the Lions played and he was really a big lion fan. So, you know, I enjoyed talking to him, but he was always good. He was always approachable. Um, you know, out of all the years that I've dealt with him, I've never seen him angry. Never, not once. You know, usually not even after guys, losing to the Penguins in Game Seven. I remember hey, being in there. Hey, Never we all have we all have bad days, right? I mean, not every day is perfect, and and you know, you look at him, and honest to goodness, like I have never seen him mad or upset. Uh, you know, and, and it's just amazing, like how a guy could be like that. But to me, to deal with him, you always got a straight answer. Uh, he always answered your questions. He was always polite and respected you for the job that you did, and. Uh, you know, he was the go-to guy, I guess, and the guy I always enjoyed talking to. The other one was Igor Larionov. I thought he was really good to deal with, too. The professor. All right, last one for you. And I lied to you a little bit because I said I would only keep you for 15 minutes, but this might take a couple more minutes. <laughs> I can't let you go. I, I have so many favorite things about Ken Cal. I mean, I, I, lo I love the name of your boat, the play-by-play. -play. Play -play. I know you love this time of year because you make them the coolest pumpkins and you really get into the Halloween thing. But more than anything, and you've told this story a couple different times, but you got to tell it to the people watching and listening. When you went to the White House with the Red Wings and Scotty Bowman was on your tail the whole time because you brought a cell phone trying to do a radio report into the White House after the Wings won the Cup, you got to tell the people that story. That'll let you go. One of the greatest <laughs> stories ever. Come on. Well, uh at the time, we were on a different radio station, and uh, Mitch Album asked me to cover the, the Red Wings for his show in the afternoon. And I said, I said, well, Mitch, you know, like, Scotty's inviting me as a member of the team and not as a member of the media. And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Here's a cell phone. And that trip we started was the first day of 10 straight on the road, right? So we get to the Senate, the Senate office, and we meet the Michigan senators, and we provide them, Steve Eisman provides them with a jersey, and I'm there reporting. Scotty walked up to me and he says, hey, 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 Ken, no, no, no. He says, you're you're not here as a reporter. And I'm trying to explain to him I'm doing this for, you know, the Mitch Album show and stuff like that. And he's like, no, 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 no more, no more. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm in a bind here, you know, because Mitch is expecting me to call him, right? So then we go to the White House, 
And I figure, okay, we're on this tour and I'll get two rooms ahead of everybody. That way I can call into the show and then get the report and I'll be okay. Right. So we get in there and I, and I get all the way to like the green room or whatever, which was two rooms ahead of everybody else. And I get behind this door and I'm calling into the show. And all of a sudden I see Scotty Bowman, like, flipping curtains, you know, looking out the windows, trying to find me, you know, he knew I was in there somewhere. And so I'm looking through the little crack in the door, I'm whispering, you know, and next thing you know, the door opens up and Scotty goes, aha, I caught you. And so he starts reprimanding me. What did I tell you about that phone and everything else? And then uh, Mitch Albums on the other line, he hears Scotty, he says, hey, is that Scotty Bowman? Put him on. I said, Mitch, I says, I'm, I'm losing your signal here, you know, and then I hung up and Scotty gave me grief the whole next 10 days, you know, so uh, on that whole road trip, it was, it was brutal, you know, so finally our last game was in Vancouver and we're heading, we get on the bus after the game, after all this torment that he's been giving me for the next 10, last 10 days and his cell phone dies on him, right? He's trying to make a call. So he turns to me, he goes, Hey, Cal, you got your cell phone? I said, Scotty, I threw that in the Potomac 10 days ago. So, uh, those are things that happen sometimes. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Did you let him borrow your cell phone? No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. No, heck no. I didn't. Like I said, I, I put it away in my bag, and uh, there was no power or nothing. I didn't use it at all. So, uh, Ken Cal, listen, it's great to talk to you. I love you. And enjoy the call tonight. You got Wings and Devils to open up the season, and we'll be listening for sure. And thanks again. All right. Sounds good, Jeff. And uh, let's have a good season. And hopefully we'll be in the playoff hunt come March and uh, April. Well, the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl or at least go to the Super Bowl. So then if the Wings can go back to the postseason, sports teams changing around. Michigan could win a national championship. It's all changing right in front of our eyes. Yeah, the Can't Tigers let's... are getting better too, right? Tigers are getting better. Pistons are healthy. Come on, Michigan State. Go hire Urban Meyer. Everything's good. City of champions. That's right. All right, Ken, get to work. We love listening to you. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll join you tomorrow, another episode of The Daily Ticket. Bye, everybody.